just to launch this conversation. This is our playground. They have spontaneous conversations. They don't plan this. I mean, there's actually something sort of spiritual about that. What's he do? He's a human being. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a sexist feminist. We should be friends. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. I keep saying the same thing when I open the show. I was waiting right. for something that's, new to come that's out. That's your Cali opening. Is that my thing? Yeah. That's just like what I channel every week. Good evening. Good evening. And welcome to a very hot night in New York City. I'm here with my friend, Robbie Kay. How are you doing tonight, Rob? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. It's summer in the city. and it we is. are It's hot time summer in the city. That's right. That's you where we're that coming. Uh-huh. You know that song? That's yeah. Yeah. Hot okay. time, yeah. summer in the city. Yeah, Back yeah. of my neck, getting dark and pretty. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Just when I, I was thought I was more I of a rocker know, than you. I are. know my sixties. Uh, yeah, I know. Okay. Um, but yeah, go ahead. What were you gonna? Were you gonna say something? No, I was just gonna say we're coming to you live from the TalkRadio.nyc studios. We're on Facebook live stream. Hello, everybody, hey, everybody. around the world. Welcome, Welcome to the show. Yes, and we have because you know I love doing this. That's right. Um, we have listeners all over the world, but right now we especially like to thank um, our fans in Mexico, Germany, the UK. China, of course, all around the United States. That's right. Um, welcome to talkradio.nyc and to Facebook Live. And um, yeah, how have you been? Because we, we, we did a repeat last week. That's right. Yeah, thanks to me and just uh, some a lot of life. Yeah, Callie kind of took me away from the studio that night. So. Callie, you could say, is being busy, being a human being, <laughs> yeah, and has a lot on. of stuff going on. Yes. So we took off last week, and uh, just to let everybody know, we're going to be going on hiatus yeah. soon, taking a majority of August off to enjoy the beach, relax, unwind, recharge, get ready for, me, for September. Yeah, and for me to turn to have another solar return, as they say. Oh, that's right. As astrology, otherwise known as my birthday. Uh, that's right. Weeks, yes. That's right. I thought you meant return to Saturn, which is a different thing. Oh. So, but yeah, that's right. Your birthday's coming up. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and then today is a, it's a Jewy day. What's, oh. <laughs> what's, what's the thing going thank on you, today? You're, well, you, thanks for, thanks I, for I'm a Jew, me. so I can say that. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. So this is my, my, <laughs> my dear girl, my, my, my BFF in Colorado, who I just visited, um, she and her family last week, which in and of itself was magical, mm-hmm. sent me this today, that today is um, the Jewish holiday to Tisha B'Av, and I'm sorry if I'm butchering because I'm not great with Hebrew, mm. um, but it's about removing negativity for the year. It's um, it's the hot, well, it's, it's today until the sun goes down, so it's important. There's a lot of energy and intense energy happening today, so it's an important time to sort of think about purging negativity from your life and also being gentle with yourself. So I wanted to offer that up to everybody. I think that's a really nice message. That's right. Day. Who couldn't use to get rid of right. negativity in their life? Yeah, yeah. Well, unless you're unless you're addicted to negativity, you know. If you, <laughs> They're like, no, the show. I will not let this misery go. I don't care about Tajush Boudot or whatever it is. <laughs> what was, what's that? You just he just made up his own Jewish holiday. I did. It's yeah. it's a it's a Jewy Rob holiday. Yes. Okay. Wow. <laughs> All right. Should I spare us both from furthering this conversation and um, throw it to you to introduce our lovely guests? Yes. Who I'm so happy to have tonight, and I'm so uh, especially because we're rounding out our. I guess it's sort of our season. <laughs> Yeah. Whatever word we're going to use, right? As yeah. I said, because tonight's our um, last show before we take a short little summer hiatus. And so we're very honored to have you guys here tonight. That's right. That's right. So let me introduce our guest tonight. Uh, Tommy Walsh is a retired pressman where he worked at the New York Daily News for 40 years. He's a playwright and a short story writer. His current play, currently in production, um, Oh, you know um, what? You can chime in if you That's want to right, Tommy. Him what's the play called again? The Shining Words. That's right, The Shining Thank Words. You. And uh, also, Susie Angle is here, and she was a New York City school teacher for 25 years, and she formed the United Federation of Teachers Players, a teacher drama group. She also has a master's. I, you know, I don't know what happened when I printed this out. It's not exactly what I wrote, but she has um, a master's in psychology is that right no, no i have a master's i have a master's in speech 
Right. And then another master's in social work. That's right. There we go. Susie, please don't mind Rob. It's his first time. So forgive him. Thanks for being gentle. You know, I should have looked at this before I printed it out because it's not exactly what I wrote. Um, And she also studied trauma therapy. And after 9-11, she was a volunteer trauma counselor. And she currently volunteers with an Alzheimer's choir group called The Unforgettables. So please welcome Tommy and Susie to the show. Welcome, Welcome y'all. Great to have you here. Nice to be here. Thank you. Nice to be be here. That's right. So now Tommy and I go way back. We're Brooklyn boys. I've known Tommy for years uh, from... From the hood there. The hood. That's right. But it's great to have him back on the Upper West Side where he was born and raised. That's right. So now you were born, were you born on the Upper West Side and you grew up here, right? Yeah. Up on 101st Street and Amsterdam Avenue. That's great. Yeah, yeah. In the olden days. That's great. Real olden days, actually. Yeah. (laughs) So things were a little different back then, huh? Yeah, well, it was was a low-budget world up there. You know, go back to the... Five cent popsicles, stuff like that. You know, at this time of the year, it's turn on the pump, go down to Riverside Park, go to Central Park, and it wasn't big time, but it was a lot of fun growing up there. There was a lot of stuff going on. You definitely have the genuine New York accent that makes me, even though I'm a Jersey girl and so I'm a little bit of an interloper when it comes to being a New York native in Uh, quotes, but when I hear that beautiful accent, it sort of grounds me in the, you know, like in the connection that I have to to the city. Every time I complain about it, you're reminding me that I actually sort of love it. So nice accent. Yeah, it's definitely, it's unmistakable. People, they don't think, you know, you're from... uh, uh, Northern California or something. <laughs> They're like, no, he's a New York boy. We can tell. Now, Susie, where are you from originally? I'm also from New York originally. Okay. I grew up in the Bronx. Okay. And I, my adult life is from is living in Manhattan. Okay. And what part of Manhattan? Murray Hill. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. And that must have changed a lot since you grew up there. Uh, Parts of Manhattan have changed. The area in which I live um, hasn't changed that radically. Uh, the Murray Hill section, we still have a few of the same restaurants. But yes, it, it's become a little busier, much more trafficked. And while some of the structures of the, some of the restaurants are there, they've take, been taken over by new yeah. New places, yeah. yeah. I think that's part of Manhattan. Yeah. There's so much turnover. Even yeah. in Brooklyn, there were restaurants I used to go to 10 years ago that aren't there anymore. I can think of only one in the neighborhood, Markey's, that I was going to when I was in, in college yet. Oh, okay. And that's still there. It's almost 100 years old. And where's that? That's on 31st between 2nd and 3rd. Okay. Okay. And that's about the only one that's still still there. Wow. The neighborhood itself is still a neighborhood as compared to other areas of the city, I think. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, neighborhoods are important. Yeah. So tonight... Let's talk about why we, why yeah. we really, beyond the beautiful creativity and illustrious paths of our two guests. Right. Let's talk about the reason that we really wanted them to come here tonight. That's right. So Tommy and Susie... We're going to be talking about dating in the golden years. Ah, and the golden years. I remember them well. Yes. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You haven't That's hit right. them yet, but oh, we thought we'd you. accelerate the story. <laughs> That's right. So I've known Tommy a while, and uh, he told me recently that he started dating this nice young lady. And um, we were going to have him on the show, and, and then we started talking about, why don't we have the both of you on the show, and you can talk about what it's like dating when you're a little bit older so tommy wanted to read something i think it's part of a short story that you wrote yeah this is like a a preface the past is prologue about the world i grew up in and the attitude towards life love sex even but this is how it was in the 50s in the city growing up very different now right would you like to share it with us she's going to ask you to get a little closer to the microphone okay please. Should I read this? Yeah, go for okay. it. However, you read like this. To, okay. Sure. Uh, this is from a nice short, a love story, West Side Summer. And I'll just read the opening paragraphs, and this is how it was, so to speak. Sex was elusive on the Upper West Side in the 1950s. Girls wore tight sweaters and sleek skirts, permed hair, pancake makeup, perfumed lipstick. They looked great and they smelled great, but they weren't giving anything away. Pockets of the city were as repressed as Victorian London. 
masculine congestion was a fact of life. Teenage marriage was common and provided some relief. But of course there was romance. Couples went to the movies, the parks. Broadway had many movie houses and bowling alleys and inexpensive restaurants. At Riverside Park, there was square dancing and roller skating. Old timers and young couples promenaded hand in hand, listening to the latest hit tunes and movie scores that echoed from the outside speakers from many record stores along the street. Mm. That was the old days. So what was your muse for that? You know, what was that? Because that was a different chapter of your life, obviously. Well, this was basically looking back growing up and what was going on around me as a, as a young man. Just really when girls became prominent in my mind, <laughs> imagination, physical body, it occupied all my time, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Just like any teenage yeah, boy. Exactly. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. But what I like is even when you're reading that, I was thinking about that that was a time of real courting. You know, that's when people, when they dated, like there was courting going on, right? Exactly. That's, that's how it was. Yeah. yeah. Did you see the movie Brooklyn? Have either of you seen that movie? Yes. I Wasn't that a great that movie? Yeah. Have you seen it, Tommy? No, I, I know the novel somewhat. But okay. I didn't Callie, have you seen it? I have not seen it yet. I, it's no. one of my favorite movies, like in my top, I don't know, 50. Like I saw um, it last year, I think. It is such a great movie, and it takes place in the 50s in Brooklyn. Uh-huh. And it shows what it was like dating back then. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's what I'd like to hear more about that, because there's something so... I'd like to hear from each of you, you know, just what, what was your relationship with your early dating? Am I, may I ask your age or does that put you guys on the spot? You can answer or not answer. I'll say I'm in my mid-70s. Okay. I'm in my very early 70s. And you guys both, by the way, look yeah, great. And look great. I told, I told She's Susie, only a kid. Her actually. skin that's is right. luminous. I that's told right. her. So you're dating a younger woman. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's the only way yeah. to go, huh? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'd like to hear from each of you. Can you speak to just what your relationship was with romance growing up as teenagers, given that the sort of love zeitgeist was so different back then? Because oh, okay. I, I, I pine for that sometimes, and I never really experienced it, you know? Well, do you want to speak? Ladies first. Yeah, you know, in in many ways it's different now than it was then, but in some ways it's the same. And I I didn't really date that much when I was younger. I was a one man girl, one man. So I was not dating. Mm-hmm. I was courting even then. And but the feelings are not that different mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. The expectations somewhat different but basically no I don't feel the expectations are that different and important in important areas mm-hmm. um, I when I was in college I had my first boyfriend was in college um, we were not interested I, he was interested in getting married I was not we became reunited a few years ago when his wife was reading an AARP uh, magazine. <laughs> so romantic. I always read that when I'm bored. I just pick it up. I'm like, what's going on? And oh she saw an article about my mom and me in uh, about the Unforgettables, and she said, is that the Susie you were dating in college? He oh, says, right. yeah. So we became, I, I went, I traveled out to Cincinnati. I visited with them both, a lovely couple. Um, and again, I was dating someone else in college who I wanted to marry, but it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And then I really was not a, a dater. I was with one person for a while until, you know, and my last partner I was with for over 15 years, mm-hmm. and he died. Mm-hmm. So that's been my experience. That's been my experience with dating right. <laughs> up to now. And we are going to get to that. Yeah, we're definitely going to get to that. So (laughs) we're going to go to break. (laughs) Really appreciate everybody watching on Facebook live stream, talkradio.nyc listening. Tonight, our guests are Tommy Walsh and Susie Angle. And we will be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to the Robin Callie Show. Tonight, our guests are Susie Angle and Tommy Walsh. We're talking about 
dating in the golden years or dating when you're a little bit older, when you're not really that familiar with what Tinder is, you think that <laughs> Tinder may be something to start a fire with <laughs> rather than a place to meet somebody yeah. to have a one night stand or maybe start a great relationship. No Tinder, no Bumble, no Happen, no God no, knows no, what other ones I don't yeah, know about. Yeah, whatever. You know. It's like, you know, even Facebook, yeah. like maybe, you know, you're not even familiar with Facebook. <laughs> so tonight we're talking about that. And before the break, Susie, you were talking about what it was like being in college and and back then people courting and things like that and i was thinking about the fact that i think back then people were so focused on getting married and having kids even if they didn't want to get married and have kids i mean would you agree with that i think the expectation was for marriage and children at least it was with my mother she wanted to see me married Mm -hmm. she wanted to be a grandmother Mm -hmm. And it didn't happen. Yeah. So, um, but that was definitely the expectation. Yes. Right, yes. right. And you became a teacher and you helped so many kids that I way. did. And definitely. I love teachers. Shout out to teachers. My definitely. mom was Shout a teacher. Teachers, teachers are great. Amen to that. Um, so, Tommy, why don't you talk about what it was like growing up and dating for you? Well, I grew up on the west side and then Urban Renewal declared my neighborhood was a slum up in 102nd around there. That's when they built up the west side. Uh, I was in a slum. We had a lace curtain on the goddamn window. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you didn't know you were in a slum. slum. You only knew when they told you you had a slum, huh? It's the first of the big real estate scams. Mm. So, friend's mother bought a house in Brooklyn. We came out to Brooklyn, which was the country. And in the neighborhood he was in, in Flatbush, it was my brother and another guy. We met nice girls from from Brooklyn prettiest girls anywhere from Brooklyn except for the Bronx the Bronx they're pretty high. <laughs> 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 smart. very very smart very man smart. Yeah. Yeah. but <laughs> Teresa my wife was the the, the first girlfriend more seriously and the last we were married as teenagers mm. very quickly we had children two children and from there it was many many years till she passed away that we were you know, we were growing up together, so to speak, many, many years. So when she passed, it was a, it was another world of, you know, I, was, I didn't, I, I, being around women is just wonderful, you know, just, just wonderful. So I grew up that way, and it, I, women are just delightful. So eventually, <laughs> I wanted to <laughs> take you, a movie. <laughs> I didn't want to take. I wanted to take a girl to a movie, mm-hmm. if that's still done. I, I was going to date. And so I had to begin somewhere. And well, I asked a friend of mine, a, a woman who's a writer, and, I, and I, a lovely girl, really terrific writer, she wrote for the Wall Street Journal. And she was perceptive. I, I said, Would you mind having dinner with me? You know, in a real friendly way. You know, she's like 45. She said, Oh, she said, Oh, Tommy, you want to practice? <laughs> <laughs> she was very perceptive. So I said, Actually, yeah. So. So we went to a nice Italian restaurant <laughs> in Brooklyn, and it was she. She put on a high heels and a, and a little necklace and all, and she's <laughs> gorgeous. And I was a nervous wreck actually. <laughs> she's a friend of mine. And how old? That's were you how at this I time get now? before dates. What was that? <laughs> how old were you at this time? Just what part part of your life was this? Uh, I was. I was quite mature. Okay. I was collecting Social Security heavily. Okay, got it. Okay. That's the only line of demarcation I need to know about. So it was wonderful. She was gorgeous. (laughs) Dinner was wonderful. But I, I like, went home and stuck my head under the shower, the cold water, because it was, like, so new and exciting. It was too exciting. for (laughs) So I settled down somewhat. And then uh, my two daughters, Mary and... Heather, mark that name. They got me into senior dating on the on on, you know, on the. Uh, I'm not from the electronic. Like our time, maybe yeah. one Some, of those that's sites. That's it. Mm-hmm. Some senior something. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I saw this list of, you know, just exchange pictures, and so I met I met a few women like that, and I found out there's the ways of doing this is interesting. One woman <laughs> I met in a Barnes and Nobles. She was very nice, and we chatted, and uh, I didn't know how it would go, but apparently it's like this. She said, basically, she says, I'm not, I'm not really dating anybody, Tommy, 
but I have a friend of mine who's dating. And so I said, oh, really? She's, and the girl happened to live on the west side where I grew up, and she was like a nurse or something. So she said, I'll, I'll give you, you know, here's her phone number, and I'll give you. What she was doing was checking me out for her friend. Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's a good friend. A little huh? spy work. Well, I didn't know that's how things were, were done, but <laughs> I, I didn't take her up on it, but I never forgot it. And so from there I met an, another, another girl on uh, the dating site, a wonderful girl, a poet. And she's a little outspoken about life, liberty, and whatever. But we got along pretty good. <laughs> she wrote, you know, we exchanged stories and things. And she got me to march in this global warming parade. <laughs> <laughs> Which you're so passionate about. <laughs> well, You actually, really wanted to date her, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. So I went there, and I'm an old boy. <laughs> I was in the Boy Scouts, so this is on my list of things. But it was it was wonderful. The whole thing, we marched down Fifth Avenue. Mm. Everybody was friendly. They came from Vermont. They had big dogs with them. <laughs> the, cops, the cops were cheering. From Vermont, with big dogs. I mean, everybody the was just marchers. Ha- and it was, I, it was, I was really, it was really wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then uh, <laughs> things moved along, and you know. She, we went along fine, and then politics interfered mm. with the relationship. Mm. Yeah, so it's a very diplomatic way to say uh, it. I can't say any more about mm-hmm. that. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, but what can I do? Yeah, I, I have principles. Not a whole lot of principles. That's yeah, right. but, but the ones you have are deep. Yes, and so we're we're not seeing each other. And then I met another nice girl in the neighborhood another very friendly girl we went to the botanic that's what you do you go to the botanic garden <laughs> and things like that it sounds like a nice date actually you go to the museums you know I'm cool on all that stuff you know it's yeah, yeah, nice low key stuff but it didn't seem to be going any further and I'm not talking about the hot tub in California further <laughs> I'm talking <laughs> I'm talking about holding hands in the movie you know for openness mm-hmm so is that because, uh, um, may I ask, like, did you try and you just didn't have um, re- the receptivity or it just wasn't a natural, organic? No, I was waiting for the signal. Uh-huh, you, you know, didn't get the I'm signal. I'm cool, it's like... You didn't get right. the... There's uh-huh. going to come a point where twitch. it's going to, you know? Yeah. And it didn't happen, so even though we're friends, a lovely girl, you know, things sort of drift away another way. And uh, I met Susie, uh, serendipity. My daughter Mary had tickets to the Irish Rep to a show, and... Susie was in the audience, and we, we enjoyed the show. And my daughter's very friendly, and she chatted with Susie. And she's we all. Lovely. Oh, Mary's a sweetheart. And we're going to some place. I think the place is called Meatball. Was that the name of the place? Oh, Meatball I was just there shop. on Friday night, actually. Yeah, I was just at that place, yeah. yeah the noisiest place <laughs> in the city. Yeah. There's a few of them, but yeah. But yeah. it was cool. It's so we this though. place called Meatball, which <laughs> is new to me. But Mary invited Susie to come, and Susie found time. Excuse me to come and we chatted and exchanged numbers somewhat and uh, see that that was a cute thing though I lost her phone number no I lost her phone number and it was really it was but luckily my daughter Mary found it in the in her playbill from from the Irish rep oh. Oh. so I called Mary Susie and Susie invited me to the Irish rep again she had tickets to another play May I interject a question here? Do you think that Mary had an eye out for um, connecting you in a romantic way, or was she really just being an innocently friendly to a lovely woman next to you? Or Mary's, did she have an agenda? Oh, that's interesting. Mary's a very friendly woman. She's also a teacher. But who knows? Maybe underneath the underneath, mm-hmm. this was going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll grill her on this. Thanks for saying that. Yeah, okay. we'll, we'll have her, we'll Another have her on the avenue opens show. up. Right. What's going on? So then we went to the went to the Whitney Museum and went to another museum, and we got to know each other. <laughs> we got to know each other. Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. And you started courting. We You're started courting. Court. I love the I idea like of that. courting I like in two thousand seventeen. Courting. It's, uh, I like that. So nice. Yeah, I like, very classy. Courting. Right. Yes. That's right. <laughs> I was courting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no ulterior motives of any kind. <laughs> <laughs> Susie had ulterior motives, I can see by the look in her eye, but you didn't. I'm such an innocent. Really, I'm just an innocent. (laughs) But so we got along fine, and happily she's here with me now. We're having a good time, and uh, to be continued. And (laughs) it was, once again, life is is like that. Uh, The serendipity, who knew? 
Right. On a certain mm-hmm. day, you would meet somebody. Mm-hmm. At, right. Yeah. So I resigned from senior dating. Congratulations. And I that told my daughters to get a rebate if possible. It's so funny you mentioned that, though, because <laughs> I know someone who went on um, one of, uh, it was a dating site, I forget which one, and they were in their older years. And I was over at their house and they were on the computer. And on the screen was like all the different pictures of men, because it was a woman, and all these different um, profiles. And she goes, This is like going to the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it actually It was like so overwhelming to her. It was just that's funny. A, that's a good analogy. How long ago um has it um, how long has it been since you've met? That early was spring, the late er, spring? Well, I know exactly when yeah, it was okay. uh, because okay. I was almost not talk about serendipity. It was the day after I got a call from a friend that one of my closest friends had just died. Mm. And I, someone I talked to every day. Mm. I didn't talk to her the night before, and they just found her dead on the floor. So this is someone I've known for over 50 years. And I said, should I go to the theater? Mm. Should I not go? Wow. I, yeah. I was not in the mood for a lot of joyous laughter, dancing, singing, but I had a feeling that the show would not be laughter dancing. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. laughter no, no. dancing and singing, so no. I said, okay, I'm going. Wow. And I went. And um, talk about serendipity. Yeah. 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 That is such a good laugh. First of all, serendipity is one of my favorite words, probably top two or three favorite words ever, yeah. and so I love that you introduced so that in your story. It was and that April 1st. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's yeah. okay. And, um, and it's such a great lesson that, did you have an instinct that you wanted to go out that was sort of bigger than your the feeling of loss, or was it just more of, you know, I need to get out of here and distract myself? Uh, no, I just said I've got. I wanted to get out. Yeah. I I didn't feel that by sitting home it would help bring yeah. her back. Yeah. I said I'm going to get out, and the next day was the funeral, so I said I'm just going, and uh, I was just going, and, mm. and the rest happened. Hmm. But talking about dating, online, oh, <laughs> online dating, I've never done it. But You're so lucky. You're so blessed. You're so you are probably lucky. the only person in this room besides Sam who hasn't done a it. A friend of mine <laughs> called me in one day and said, let's try it. And he got, that was Stanley. Okay. He plugged in some, and they looked like convicts. <laughs> 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 I mean, they, they seriously looked very disturbed <laughs> and I said no 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 no, no. <laughs> that's funny you looked at Tommy you're like I like him he doesn't look like he has a felony on his record no. <laughs> I don't know there's something about him that's kind of nice well, I'll tell you one of the one of the big pluses that attracted me to to you to Tommy was the connection between you and Mary ah oh, okay. I grew up without a father also and and um but seeing the relationship between him and oh, his daughter, yeah. that was a very nice. Big yeah. Oh, that's right. sweet. Well, we, I want to hear more sweet. about that, actually. Yeah. Okay. So, why don't you go to break? Oh, okay. Thanks. Thanks for throwing the break to the break. Sure. All right. So, when we come back, we're going to hear more from Susie and Tommy about their love affair. I'd like to hear more about the comparisons between dating back in the 50s and 60s and dating in 2017. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the Robin Kelly Show here at talkradio.nyc and also streaming live on Facebook. Hello to our Facebook people. Thank you all for supporting us as always. We are here tonight with Susie and Tommy, who are not only creatives with illustrious creative past, but also new loves, which is really what um, we're talking about tonight, the idea of dating in um, more in the, in the golden years as we're as we're calling it right um, and before the break Susie you were talking about uh, one of the things that really sort of ingratiated you um, to Tommy or vice versa so quickly was seeing him in relationship with his daughter like the first night that you guys met right correct um, yes. I'm curious what your first Tommy can can you tell us what your first impression was of Susie like did you know that this could be something real how did how'd you feel well, I, I knew she was somebody enjoyable. The, f- the show we were seeing was, uh, was called Crack Skull Road. Road. Crack Skull Road. 
It was an Irish play of utter bleakness. I was going to say, it sounds very romantic. And a lot of whimsy. <laughs> but when I walked in with Mary, they had the set. was a busted-down living room in an Irish shabin or dump. And I said to Mary, I said, ah, the furniture. I said, it's Irish traditional. And then I hear <laughs> this voice in the front row say, oh, yes, it's also Jewish traditional. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I knew she had a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I, knew, I knew that. Yeah. And also she has a, a lovely, soft voice. Which I really like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's <coughs> important to me. Uh-huh. Voice like that. Yeah. So uh, it started on a good footing, and uh, the ball rolled, and we, you know, we, we sort of took it easy with each other. And you know. she laughs at my jokes. For sure, that's, he's well, funny. That's Everybody needs yeah. a good audience. Well, he's important. funny. That's yeah, right. he's, he's very funny. Got a great sense of funny. humor, and also a great voice. I, I have what? You have a great <laughs> voice. Thank you. Great, <laughs> great voice. I'm starting to feel like Orson Welles Two already. things that <laughs> I, I admire. So I'm curious from, um, f- to hear from both of you, what's, the, what's your take on dating nowadays? And what do you observe in people that are younger and maybe not so wise yet about the idea of looking for love? You know, Rob and I have talked about this <laughs> ad nauseum both on, on mm-hmm. air and off air. Um, you know, as two single people that have been in the dating world and been in relationships. And I'm, um, I, I, like you, Susie, have never been a big dater. I've always been a very devoted sort of one-man woman. Um, but in between relationships, you know, I guess they say that's what you're supposed to do is date. And uh, so I'd love to hear from somebody who's got, you know, more experience with that, just what you, um, what you observe in the way people are dating nowadays. Well, I I observe in terms of younger people, my friends who are married with children um, are having some difficulty. They're attracted to people, uh, and it just isn't, it's not working out until very recently one of my friends has made a daughter, made a connection. But they're attracted to externals more than internal. And I'm seeing that a lot in some of my friends' children who are in their 30s, some in their 40s, and they're having a hard time. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if it's just a small group that's having that problem, but I, I don't... I, yeah, that's what I'm seeing with younger people. Superficial, yeah. What about, Tommy, do you observe the same, or do you think there's other issues that are going on in terms of just culture or values or what do you think well it's not as much politeness as i I would like to see yeah and there's a lot of impatience too which is you know but i would think you're better off being patient and get to know somebody it takes takes time to know somebody not a great deal of time but it takes a, a bit of work and also it's a matter of this is for the guys out there you guys Good manners and courtesy at all times, which is just a simple thing I grew up with. It was a matter of doing that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I try to continue that, you know, just because it's it's the right thing to do and it's the best thing to do. You know, and also... Once in a while, I buy her an ice cream cone. It's, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and you're hold, you've been holding hands for the last yeah, at least right. half hour, too, which is very sweet. <laughs> that's right. So, But one of the things we talk about on the show a lot is chivalry. Yes. And we're big oh. proponents of chivalry, mm-hmm. you know, opening doors and, uh, yeah. and treating a lady like a lady. Yes. <laughs> I like the way you said that. I was that. a big proponent of that mm-hmm. when I was a teenager. Yeah. I grew up in a family where that was stressed. Mm-hmm. And manners like you said was stressed and appropriateness was stressed boundaries certain things which now i see more so than when i was growing up are overlooked yeah yeah Yeah. really basic simple things even even aside from the dating Mm -hmm. even just being in a restaurant and people talking in a booth so that you can hear them a block away right Mm -hmm. i mean things like that it's just a lack of awareness of another person. Yes. I think, is yeah. And I think that's <sighs> coming into the dating, mm-hmm. young, what I see of younger yeah. people, too. But, I mean, in terms of me, what I was looking for when I was younger in 
a person is essentially what I'm looking for now. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that hasn't really changed. Wow, that's really an interesting point. So, um, and yeah. what are those things? You already mentioned humor and a nice voice, but the f- I, well, I think before I could even think of being in love with someone, I have to respect a person. I have to trust a person. I think those things are very often overlooked mm-hmm. by younger and older people. Mm-hmm. It's not just younger people, it's older people too. Yeah. Um, I think trust, I think respect, I think kindness, all of those things I think are essential. You're describing me so well. <laughs> I know. You just, I just, you're I'm <laughs> starting to blush, all right, Susie? I, I just I met you. It. I see the blush. It, this, is, this is sort of, yeah, you're doing like a, uh, you know, like a live uh, profile for know, Rob right. right now. You're speaking it. No, I can tell you're talking about your boyfriend. So, but to go back to what you were saying about the compatibility, it's really important to talk about this, that a lot of times people <clears> mistake <throat> physical compatibility for being compatible in other ways. Oh, right. So just true, because they're true. physically attracted, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're compatible emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, right. just in general. How did you know that you guys were compatible just beyond thinking each other was cute well that was a start yeah that was a start right and that's a good start yeah (laughs) it's a good start yeah i mean exactly well i i I like (laughs) the way tommy looks i like the way he sounds not just the sound of his voice but the content of what comes out of him Mm -hmm. the words he says Mm -hmm. uh that's so important to me Mm mm-hmm uh, yeah. And did you feel comfortable around him yes, almost immediately? I Where did. Maybe you kind of felt like you knew him before or something? Maybe. Okay. I, I felt a connection. The connection I felt was there. Uh-huh. Um, I felt comfortable about calling you uh-huh. when I didn't hear from you for a week. Oh, let's get to that. <laughs> and when I, I want to hear about that. <laughs> when I expected to hear from you <laughs> within the week. I'd like to hear, can I, I'd like to hear, for really, like to yeah. hear more, because just to digress for a second and then get back to your point, mm-hmm. when we're talking about chivalry and the difference between generations and dating, you know, the lines get blurred now, too, because first of all, there's, you know, um, women just being more liberated to be more assertive and more um, self-supporting of what, of, you know, of what they want and expressing that. Then there's the idea of the mixed messages that we still want chivalry and we still want a door open and we still want the check picked up while we still want to have our voice. And, you know, I, I empathize also. So with men, because it's gotten way more confusing over the last few decades. Um, but to that point, you know, there's that that is a universal thing that I would say most women on the planet have experienced maybe once or twice, which is feeling like you don't hear from your, you know, your date after the first date or after the first intimate encounter right. or whatever it is. So what did what happened for you and how did it feel? To, like, was it easy for you to empower yourself to call him or did you second guess yourself? Both. It was easy, and I second-guessed myself. Mm-hmm. But that was when I, I picked up, I, I take classes at a center, and they had discount tickets to something else at the Irish Rip. Right, right, right. Right? It was a Friday night. I had just come in, and I said, well, I, why didn't I hear from you that during the week? I thought I would have heard from you. So I called, <laughs> and that was when you had said you had lost the number. Yeah. Or I think you had called. That was I, I. I think I had called from the outside, and then when I came home, you had called. You had found the number. Oh, so, so the number really was lost because that's always yeah. what women pray happens. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't really happen, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> the tax didn't go through. The email didn't go through. We right. lost my number. But here, you're. If you're telling the truth, this is really what happened. Get me the polygraph. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, what what disturbed me though was. I had the intention of calling, except Susie called me several times. But when she called, she didn't give me her return number. And on the phone, I had no uh, indication of her number. Right. So I, I, I didn't, until my daughter Mary found the number in her playbill, I was like, uh, I, I was unhappy because that's, I don't like something like that, not to be. To call her and, and chat with her a bit, so right, so yeah. it worked out. It worked out. So it yeah. was really meant to be. I mean, <laughs> there was. were forces of the universe yeah. working yeah. for the both of y'all to bring <laughs> yes. you back together there. So let me ask you a question. So you go out on the first date, and did you call her the day after the first date? That was we went to see the Emperor Jones. Uh huh. That was yeah. Why we saw. Yeah. And I did call her. Yeah. You did? Okay, because I always, I, I usually call the girl after the first date if yeah. I want to go out with her again. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Just tell her at a nice time, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, uh, all right. So that's how it kind of started. And then, um, yeah, I guess, you know, what happened after that? So you get over the kind of nerves or the giddiness. You just start dating again. You both hadn't been dating in a while. You're starting to get to know each other. And then when did you think, like, wow, this could be something? Well, that's, um, that's something that's, like, organic. It just sort of drifts into that if you're inclined. Yeah. And there's feelings that are going on. Not so much at the surface, but you're getting something underneath the surface where you want to continue with the person. You want to hear from them and go to places like that. And essentially, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I found out she's, she's, she's got another side, which is she's pretty bold. She's quiet school teacher type, some, <laughs> somewhat. She's, got, she's kind of bold, which I liked. <laughs> which I didn't see at first, <laughs> but then I, I I started to say, well, underneath that there's a certain boldness which I like, yeah, not freshness, but she's got she's got um, guts, chutzpah, chutzpah, what do you want to call good. it? Good, uh, good. Well, I I've always, yeah, I've always said <laughs> <Just> thinking that <laughs> I've always said it takes a strong woman to love me. So God bless <laughs> you and your boldness. With that, we're going to go to break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Robin Kelly Show. Tonight we're talking about dating in your golden years and just talking to two wise souls, you know, who may have some advice for Miss Alpert and myself since we're both single. Or maybe there's somebody watching or listening who's single who could use some advice. Are there any words of wisdom that you would like to pass along? You want to go first? You're a teacher. <laughs> Teach. <laughs> <laughs> I would say first go with your gut. In most situations, take chances. Uh, yeah, educate uh, with well not risky chances. And I, as you're asking the question, um, thinking of a song, a Candor and Ebb song. I can't think of which from what show it comes, but it's called "Say Yes," oh, mm. and it's a song basically instructing people it doesn't just have it, it was geared for older people i believe but it's i think it could cover any anyone say yes to things more than no and um be good to yourself when you're when you're doing that nice advice great Beautiful. advice yeah very nice indeed what about the male counterpart advice <coughs> this is the male voice <laughs> <laughs> all right the tough guy well the things I learned younger, it, it carries into, if you go in dating, guys, clean fingernails, right? Dress decently, have your hair cut, <laughs> carry a little, a breath mint is very important when you're dating, and mind your manners, you know, you can't go, you can't go wrong with courtesy, it just, whether things go along or they end, There'll be no no bad aftertaste if you do it the, the proper way. Good manners and courtesy. It, it, it's it's the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. And women like that. I'm so <laughs> I'm so wise. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't realize how wise you were, Tommy. You're impressing yourself. Who <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, knew? <no. laughs> But see, I love this because, like, I used to love hanging out with my grandfather and just hearing him talk about this time and place and in the world where there was such a thing as manners and thoughtfulness and slowing down and strolling and enjoying the moment. I mean, I think this is what makes life life. True. It's good. Yeah. And looking true. people like looking each other in the eye, that's sort of a lost art form, uh, right? Listening, being genuinely interested. You know, uh, I feel like. There's so many distractions, and technology doesn't help the cause. Well, now, and, and again, I'm a little old-fashioned on these levels, even though I'm a modern woman. You know, and I know plenty of people with very successful <coughs> relationships and marriages off of the online dating site. So I don't want to disparage them. For me, I haven't. It's not a big resonance for me. I like to meet people in my life organically. It's just a preference for me. Mm. You know, but um, but it doesn't matter because I, I think some of these um, characteristics that we're talking about cross over all of these, right? Yeah. So it just feels like um, 
yeah, I don't know that um, I, I see so many people that look like they're on dates, but they're both on the phone across uh, the table yes. from each other. Oh, yes. wow. So uh, you're reminding us, I think, of um, just to sort of bring this full circle of mm-hmm. the simplicity of things that we are really good, I think, in this modern day of complicating yeah. things in all aspects of our life. And the way I'm hearing you guys break it down, your answers are they're so beautiful and so simple. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of value in that. Yeah. I mean, there is sort of an innocence about what you're talking about, you know, and I think it reminds all of us when we were teenagers in high school and we had that ideal about what our first girlfriend was going to be like or, you know, the first time that we really experienced true romance. And it's important to kind of get in touch with that again, no matter how technologically challenging it can be or distracting or busy or whatever. It's about getting back to that feeling of, yeah, this is one of the reasons why I'm alive. And that can happen, I believe, at any age. I know the the same qualities, and basically, except, of course, having children, but the same things for which I was looking when I was younger, I'm still looking for now. Mm. Yeah. That hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm... <laughs> Interested. Well, you're sitting on googly eyes. <laughs> right now. Well, it's an important thing about communication. <laughs> Sometimes you have to put that cell phone down Absolutely. and just go yeah. toe to toe and eye to eye. And another thing, guys are afraid. We're afraid of saying dumb things, you know, because <laughs> we say a lot of dumb things. But if your heart is in the right place, yeah, you're still trying to communicate, and you can always say, "Excuse me," uh, you know, you can apologize if it's totally stupid, and you know. Women are, my experience, women will meet you halfway at least. And mostly they meet you 90% or else there'd be no children anywhere in the world at the moment. So. That's right. Yeah. I, went some, I, I remember when I was younger and I was, wor- I was on the road working and I met some guy that I was um, just with professionally, like for the weekend, we were on a bus ride or something to this location we were going to. And he said to me that um, it's just inherent. If, if the 50-yard line is the love point, women inherently are already born like so much closer to it than men are and where we make love a um sort of the nucleus of our existence men make it a component now i'm over generalizing and simplifying but Mm. it's sort of to your point that we're just made differently that way so it's it's, you know it's always trying to find the the mutual language to come together yeah yeah i know closer to the 50 yard line for openness yeah. yeah, it's very true. Yeah, I think it's true. Did either of you either um, think that you were going to be in this place at this time in your life, feeling the way you do about a new person? No, it was, it, you know, it was no, it was <coughs> all mysterious. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, after fifty odd years of marriage, to go out there mm-hmm. and to go out there and well, just once again. There's a song. You, songs are good. There, there was nothing like a dame. Sounds like a song <laughs> yeah. I heard at one time. Yeah. I mean, that, and the best possible way, mm-hmm. too. But yeah. that's, that's what's attractive. You know. mm-hmm. I just like being with women. So yeah. naturally, I wanted to continue being with women. It's true. There ain't nothing like a dame. <laughs> so, um, he says wistfully. I know, but see, I'll tell you something. As your dating coach, I'm just so <laughs> proud of you. <laughs> You listen to everything that Bob said. You followed my advice. You found a great gal. I'm just very proud of you. Oh, well, oh great mentor. Thank you. <laughs> no, no. I had, I, f- I, I had the opposite feeling, actually. What's that? I felt that after my relationship, I was in a 15-year relationship. He died. And I went for a year without, I didn't even want to go out. And, and I dated one or two people. Um, but I, I felt... With no really real serious relationship, mm. but I always had that feeling that yes, I mm. did want to meet somebody because that was always an important component in my life. Mm. Yeah. And now you have. I know. I have. It's really it's great. I think it's inspirational for everybody. Totally inspirational. It's just it's awesome. Yeah, it so, definitely gives a lot of people a lot of hope. So we're so happy to. That's right. Like these two people, <laughs> a lot of hope. I, I'm just saying hypothetically. Callie's like, I don't know who might feel some hope. 
but I think they may be close proximity to this microphone <laughs> or room. Yeah, I know it's beautiful. And what people, you know, we have the benefit of feeling that kind of energy between you and seeing you holding hands and the way you're looking at each other. And it's really, it's heartwarming. So God bless, really. It's very nice to see. I love Thank a good you. story Thank like this. Yeah. yeah. We wish yeah. you all the best for sure. Absolutely. Definitely wish you the best. So we're getting to the end of the show. And um, wanted to talk about some of the projects that you're involved in. Now, Susie, you're involved with the Unforgettables. Why don't you tell everybody what that is? Well, as a therapist, I do support groups with um, partners and spouses of Alzheimer patients. And oh, about seven years ago with my mom, we joined a group called the Un... Well, they didn't have the name yet. They gave themselves the name. It's a, a group of was done as a project uh, to see the effect of music on the person with Alzheimer's and their caregivers. So you were interviewed, you came as a team, and you formed this choral group with two fantastic leaders, choral directors. We're in our seventh year now, mm-hmm. and it was to see the effect of music. And as my mom, who had uh, mid-stage Alzheimer's at that point, mm-hmm. as we're walking into the group... Her, I explained what we are doing, and she, her answer was, well, what can be bad? And that's what it's been shown to be. Mm. It's, we rehearse every Thursday at St. Peter's Church, and then after 13 weeks, we do a concert. Mm. We're up to our 26th concert, which will be actually December 9th, Saturday at 3 p.m., that's great. And so maybe we'll sing happy birthday to you. <laughs> we'll say your, your birthday. birthday. Yes. All right. All right. Uh, Sagittarius. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Sagittarius. So, and it's Thursdays at St. Stephen's. St. Peter's. St. Peter's Church. 54th Street and Lexington Avenue. Okay. Fantastic. And the concert is December 9th at St. Peter's Church. Okay. My dad passed away from Alzheimer's, oh. so I appreciate oh. any work Please that's being come to done. Our yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. I, I want to support out. the cause. Check Absolutely. Sure. So, Tommy, you have a play that has been in production. Why don't you tell everybody about that? Well, it's, it was in the Strawberry Festival here. It was over at St. Clement's. But uh, last year, it, it was called The Shining Words. It's an introduction to poetry for children. And it's a one-woman show. And the woman is the poet Marianne Moore. And we were good to go, except at the tech rehearsal the actress, Chablis Quarterman, a wonderful actress, there was a death in the family and she had to leave and visit her family in Atlanta for it. So the show wasn't done and hopefully I'll be able to do the show this year. And uh, show business, the ups and downs of show business. Yeah, yeah let me well, tell you about really it. Yes. In show business. We, we know the drill. We know what happens. <laughs> totally understand. Yes. But it's so great that you're doing yes. that. Yes, thank you both so for joining us. We want to thank the both of you for being on the show. You're a cute well, couple. Well, we you. wish you the best. Oh. Thank you. What a mitzvah you being here. Yes. Just a blessing for you to be here. Thank you. Thank you. That's right. Yes, we do. We're going to walk you guys That's right. I, I can hook you up with <laughs> a good caterer. So <laughs> talk to me. Talk to me. So um, we're getting to the end of the show. Just want to let everyone know, after our show, Noreen Sumter is doing her third episode tonight of Beyond Potential. So yes. everyone tune in she's on Talk Radio at NYC after yes. that. Everybody That's right. And she's a cool right. English Stay accent. Tuned. And uh, yeah, she's got a great show. And you can call in and, and talk to her. Miss Alpert. We're getting to the end of another season for us. <laughs> I, I don't know. Seasons. I don't know if this is the very last episode of our season, but we're getting there, and then yeah. we're going to gear it for September. Yeah. Just want you to know, it's been a pleasure. You're a mitzvah in my life. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. And anything else you want to say to everybody? Uh, no, I just always appreciate everybody listening, and we're very proud of um, what we've all done together, and that includes our viewers and our listeners. We can't do it without you. So thank everybody. That's thank right. You, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Take care, y'all. <laughs>